and welcome to Fresh Pressed for Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we are on a road trip and are doing a short episode where we just are going to mostly talk about Lucy Dacus. Yeah, you'd think maybe we should have done a theme like road trip music. No, but we don't have fucking, we don't have time for that. Well, we do have time for that because we're on a road trip, but really, we're too lazy, and all we want to talk about is new well, music. Well, and your car is loud. We can't, like, record stuff in the car. What do you mean we have time for that? Not, like, record in the car, but rather listen to road trip music in the car that we're road tripping in, and then select theme songs. It could be a, it could have been a whole thing. Okay, well, we're, we're still going to be on the road trip next week, so stay tuned. We mostly just wanted to make sure that we did an episode because uh, the new Lucy Dacus album, Home Video, came out this weekend, and uh, we can't fucking not talk about it, so... I mean, Andrew was wearing a Lucy Dacus shirt on Friday to celebrate the release of that album, Mm -hmm. so it would be remiss of us to not talk about Lucy Dacus. Andrew... What new song off this record jumped to you the most on your first couple listens? Going, going, gone. Why? Because it was it was really cute. Daniel made a pass. We started flirting after class. Stealing hats and trading jackets. Locking lips and braces, brackets. After dinner... Before dark, we'd meet at the same bench. Anyway, I really like Going going Gone because um, it sort of sticks out in the record in the, like, sort of lower fi, the lower fi nature of it. Um, By lower fi, you actually mean lower fidelity of, like, sound rather than the genre that has appeared known as lo-fi. Correct. It is not, I don't know that it is a good hip-hop beat to study and relax to. But I do feel like I, I'm, it relax, it's relaxing. But that's probably just you. Yeah. I mean. Um, but no, but what I mean is like, it's, it's like, it feels a lot smaller of a song, but it still has the full weight of emotion that all of Lucy Davis's songwriting has. Um, but it's also a nice respite in like the middle of this album of like this nice little guitar song with some people you know live singing along with it um i love all the production on this album but i also really love a low production kind of track which is what this is it's just i mean i think it's just live i don't think there's any i don't think there's any overdubbing at all i mean it ends with the clip of them yeah lucy and co boy genius group etc in the studio talking about like that's the take yeah certainly implies that it was a live take yeah i think it is a live take which is yeah a a cool and unique thing on an album especially given the song that immediately follows it which we should at least address perhaps which is partner in crime i think it's a good song
Okay, well, hold on. Let me start, perhaps, because yeah. there is a lot of auto-tune on mm-hmm. Lucy's vocals. Obviously, we know Lucy Dacus to be an excellent singer, not somebody who requires auto-tune to cover up their flaws as a singer. Yeah. She's using it on the song, not to the same extent, but in a similar way that T-Pain uses auto-tune, which is, <laughs> which yes. is to draw attention to it, right? It is, yes. It's not supposed to be subtle. Right. For me... Mm-hmm. It takes away a little bit from the songwriting of the song, which I think is really excellent, and the rest of the song. Let me explain to you why. Here's the prestige. Um, I've let you walk into this trap because I have an opinion or a hypothesis or analysis of why she uses really strong autotunes. Um, because this song is about, like, I mean, it's the first couple lines is like she's lying about her age. She's, and it's, like, partner in crime. I don't know exactly, but, like, I have a guess about what that specifically means. And so she's, like, the song is about, like, she's sort of pretending to be someone that she's not. So that's why she uses this auto-tune, because she's, like, and it's also, auto-tune, I think, also has a layer of, like, you know, it is for fixing mistakes, like you said, which she doesn't need to do. But... If you are maybe young and pretending to be older than you are for whatever reason, you may be more self-conscious about like the mistakes or flaws that you have and trying to overcompensate for uh, for those like perceived shortcomings. And so I think the auto-tune is a, a, an intentional, I mean, of course it's an intentional tool based on how it's used, but I think it's a, a, a well-thought-out and I think a good intentional use of it. I can also imagine the song without it, and I don't think that it would be a bad song. But I think there is a specific reason she used the autotune the way she did in this song, and it makes sense to me. Well, I think that's a very valid take. Uh, again, it doesn't like take away too much from the enjoyment of the song or the album, but the analogy that I used yesterday, which I will reuse now, that mm-hmm. it's sort of like Matt Damon appearing in Interstellar. Spoiler, sorry folks. Um, in that... The appearance of the autotune, much like the appearance of Matt Damon, sort of takes me out of the experience for a moment because now I'm thinking, autotune, why? And maybe art is designed to make you think why, but I liked being immersed in these series of vignettes that mm-hmm. make up Lucy Dacus's home video. Well, maybe now that I've sort of held your hand through the why, you can re-listen to the song in the context of the whole album Rude. and like get the full and get the full sense of it. Andrew, as always, elucidating the dark for all of us. For me, the songs that I really love, I'll start with Cartwheel. Mostly because of the lilting, continuous style of singing. You know what song it reminds me of? Or maybe it's just because you've been singing along on this road trip is the Pine Grove song. Oh, Spiral. Right. I thought you were going to say Closing Time. Which I did not understand how it connected. There's been a lot of Closing Time on this road trip as well, but uh, doesn't jive so much with the Lucy Dacus vibe. Um, in that it's sort of these continuous lyrics that keep you moving forward through the song and um, 
In this case, Lucy is telling a story um, that I haven't totally pieced together, but about, you know, friendship and late nights as a teenager mm -hmm. and, you know, some element of betrayal. Um, you know, every good... Gabe hasn't good... quite pieced together the whole uh, homosexuality thing. No, I got there... Well, this is the person who talked about partner in crime without talking <laughs> about the specific implications of... Anyway, whatever. Um, but I think it's a beautiful song. I like the construction of it. It feels particularly unique. I don't know, it jumps in its stylings as opposed to what is, like, pristine, beautiful like indie rock of a specific style that we're used to. And this is like, feels very different in the context of the album. And I like that, that turn of the knob. Yeah. And then maybe we should talk about the last song on the album. Yeah, I think so. So the record ends with this seven minute epic triple dog dare where it builds and builds as we love all good album closers too. Mm-hmm. Um, without being too sad in this particular case. Your mama read my palm She wouldn't tell me what it was she saw But after that you weren't allowed to spend the night I think it's like more optimistic yes well i think that's an interesting thing about it um i don't uh, how uh, do we want to just dive right into it um because the way that i read this song is and i don't know any of you know anything for sure but you know just based on my knowledge of lucy dacus and her music and her songwriting style is that it seems fully true and autobiographical until a point or then it becomes sort of like imaginary of this is like still presenting like this is what happened. But I'm pretty sure that's probably not what happened. Um, and it's sort of this like what if, what if sort of thing. So it, it is optimistic, but also sort of in a bittersweet way because I don't, because I don't think that's what happened. Which is an interesting way to close an album. Yeah. In that the whole album, right, is basically stories from her life, and particularly her, like, teenage life. Yeah. And thinking of the song as a reimagining of something that maybe didn't go the way she wanted. Yeah. And how it should have gone. Yeah. And again, another song that dives deep into loving somebody that you are forbidden to love by societal context, religion, mm -hmm. etc. The The whole sequence of songwriting about uh, having her palm read and having her like hands betray the fact that she's gay mm -hmm. is really elegant and beautiful to me. And then I, the song is just like a beautiful construction. This song, Triple Dog Dare, was recorded on the same day as the last song off the previous Phoebe Bridgers album, Punisher, that song titled I Know the End, mm -hmm. which is another one of these songs that builds and builds and sort of has all of your friends come in to sing along and some... Which one do you think they did first? Do you think they did the screaming one first or this one first? Yeah, they probably did this one first, huh? <laughs> yeah. To keep everybody's voices together. 
Um, but I just love this style of album closer. And we have this association, very intentional, of Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker because of their work with Boy Genius. Mm-hmm. And they've also collaborated pretty extensively across all three of their new albums from the past yeah. basically year, right? Phoebe Bridgers' album came out almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. And uh, it's cool to have them come together and to get these threads um, through the songs. Yeah. Final thoughts on the album, Andrew? Um, I mean, it's at the top of my list right now. As in your favorite album so far of 2021? Yes. Tier 1? Absolutely. Top of the top top of the list right now. Yeah, I agree. It's very high up there. Her songcraft is incredible. And I love the way that it's changed from Historian. Yeah. I mean, it's always been incredible. I mean, I don't know. I... Uh, we don't always have to talk about the three of them as a, as a unit. But, like, it is... It is worth talking about, especially for their most recent albums, because they are all, like, influenced by each other directly, um, rather than, presumably, you know, before they were, like, good friends, they were influenced by similar things, or, you know, by the, and sort of had, like, convergent evolution in some ways. But um, now they are, like, interacting with one another, and their songwriting has, all three of them have... uh, changed the way that they're uh, it seems the way that their music is presented and the way that the way that the way that it's approached um i think that lucy is the strongest songwriter at least in my opinion of the three of them um and like song crafter i guess okay i don't mean i i don't know what i mean i i think i just like like in the way that she crafts a narrative in a song you know obviously they're all very talented musicians who i love very much um and they all they are they're all very strong musicians in every way but there's something for me about lucy's songwriting that just is constantly amazing to me um whether it's new stuff or just you know anytime i listen to historian and like hear a song again i'm like holy shit i forgot like how good this it's like impossible to hold in my mind the the expansiveness of her songwriting. Um, every time I listen to it, I'm like just uh, amazed and uh, pleased by it. It's just wonderful. A triple dog dare, a triple dog dare, a triple dog dare, a triple dog dare. A triple dog dare, a triple dog dare, a triple dog dare, a triple dog dare, a triple dog dare. Andrew, we did have some time to listen to new music on our drive. We've probably spent the majority of our music listening, listening to albums that came out on Friday. Mm-hmm. What else has stood out to us? Um, the Squirrel Flower record, Planet One, Planet I, um, is really, really good. Um, we listened to that, like, coming into Tulare, California. Driving down from the Sequoia. Yeah. Into, uh, the, the hellish 
son. Um, and yeah, I was really, you know, I, I like Squirrel Flower. I really liked, um, was that an album last year or two years ago? I think it was last year. Yeah, I also think it was last year. Um, I really enjoyed that, but this was like, this was another like, wow, the songwriting here is really interesting. And, and the song craft, really expansive. Yeah, it felt like to me that she also took a step forward on this record from her 2020 record, I Was Born Swimming. I loved the Pom Pom Squad album, Death of a Cheerleader, uh, which is like a pop punkier stylings. You can very much feel the late 2000s influence of Paramore on this record, who mm-hmm. I have enjoyed. Um, you can also, another musician that you've enjoyed would be Sarah Tudson, who produced the record. Yes, right. Sarah Tudson of Illuminati Hotties um, is the main producer alongside Mia Bear, right? Is, is the name of Pom Pom Squad. Oh, okay. Um, there are just some delightful songs on this album. The Crimson and Clover in the middle of the album. Yes. It's <laughs> astounding to me. It was just like, just cover right in the middle of the record. Probably the centerpiece of the record is a cover. Um, and I do love an album that has both an intro and an outro track that are nicely mirrored the same yeah. way this record does. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed uh, a kind of jazzy album from Faye Webster. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but uh, it was lovely, called I Know I'm Funny, haha. Yeah, it starts off with some pretty serious 70s prog rock Pink Floyd vibes <laughs> and then uh, slowly moves over to more jazz-influenced production. Yeah. Um, there was also a great record from Hiskold Messenger uh, called Quietly Blowing It. If you've listened to his Golden Messenger, it's like more chill, spacey, guitar-driven indie rock. I don't know that it's anything like super special, but it's it was very pleasant to listen to and enjoyable. Yeah, especially driving in the Southwest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we should point out that there was also a record from Salt. Oh, yes. This very prolific collaboration. Um, anonymous collective. Yes, out of the UK um, called Nine. Much less convinced by it than their... Records from 2019 and 2020, the Untitled series that they did. Both 2020. Uh, Didn't they also release a record in 2019? Oh, yes. There's also a bunch of albums that came out this weekend that we have not gotten a chance to listen to because I prefer to listen to podcasts while I'm driving. So that one's on me. But um, there's stuff that we want to listen to. Like uh, There's a Brain Story album that I would very much like to listen to. Tyler, the creator, put out a new record. Um, there's a Whatever's Clever release by Matt Evans called Touchless that uh, I imagine is probably not going to be great for driving uh, because it's ambient. But I intend to listen to it because I heard some of the singles off of it. It's really fucking good. And of course, we can't miss out on Doja Cat. Well, we probably can. So that's our very brief show for the week centered around Lucy's new album and all the other new releases. Um, You can find us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. And we will continue to update the Spotify playlist with a couple of Lucy Dacus picks from this week. You can find that in our show notes. 
Andrew and I are unsure of our upcoming recording schedule. However, we hope to have maybe recorded another podcast for <laughs> Tuesday, July 6th. Yes. But it, if we record one, it will be in a similar vein to this podcast. Yes. And it may come out on the 7th instead. So stay tuned for that, I guess. We'll give updates on the Twitter as we can. Yeah. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Press.